everybody, and welcome back to the 91st edition of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined by Gregory Moreland soon. And as you see, we've got a special guest, Kyle Foster, the executive editor and owner of Napa Sports News. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Uh, just working on football stuff, you know, getting ready. Yeah, we definitely all are. How how excited are you for this football season and to have a full slate of games again after what we saw last year with the delay and then obviously just a six-game spring for some and a five-game spring for others? Yeah, I mean, it's nice to definitely have non-league schedule back. Um, that's something that I'm most happy about, to see different teams. I like seeing our league teams, but it's so nice to see non-league schedules return. And, you know, that's how you how you prepare for the postseason. So yeah, it'll definitely be nice to see that. And in Napa, we have some good talent. So yeah, and look, yeah what are what are some of those big non-league games that you're taking a look at? Well, so if we want to go smaller division, I'm looking at the Justin Cena Fortuna game that begins the year because Fortuna is always a top-notch program up north, and then Justin, I think that's a good matchup for the two schools. Um, and then they also play St. Mary's at Berkeley. That's a game that I will be at. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Vintage and San Ramon Valley is a game that I think everybody has circled. Um, yeah. We were talking about that one off air. I mean, obviously, too, I think we had them both right around the top 10 all year long. Two great teams. How do you really see that one going early on in the season? Sorry, man, I'm busy with the phones and stuff. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, I think it's going to be a battle. Well, the last time the teams met was in the fall of 2018, and it was a 14-3 to game. In their first – I don't know if it was their first ever meeting, but it was a battle of physicality, and uh, that's what I'd expect in this one. Dylan Smith should be a standout for them this year. Um they also returned Titan Bradley, who I know you saw last year in big game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vintage was – it was an impressive game. Um, obviously, they impressed all year with what they did, uh, just kind of dominating every single game they played last year. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do against San Ramon Valley. Like you said, it's probably going to be a physical game. Both teams are very physical. And you got Jackson Brown, Tanner Salisbury coming back, Dylan Smith, obviously for Vintage is – a Really big name for them coming back. I'm excited to to see that one week one and kind of see how it goes. Yeah, it should definitely be very interesting. Um, the thing that's interesting about this game is normally you'd think it'd be a Division two playoff game, but Vintage has actually been bumped up to Division one this year, and SRV is Division two, I believe. But still, it's like put it this way: the best way, the best equivalent I have for this game is it's like the Georgia Clemson game to begin the year. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's definitely a fair comparison. Um, yeah, how does how does Vintage beat a team like San Ramon Valley? What do they have to do to get that big win in week one and kind of assert themselves as one of the top five, six teams in the Bay Area? Oof, man, I think they're going to need to come out and play their type of ball. It's going to be a war like we've mentioned already, but they need to come out, assert themselves offensively. Um and their defense is always going to be good. I mean, those coaches I've known for years, they run a good defense, defensive scheme. I'm fully expecting them to keep it close if they're not 
I mean, SRV may have a little bit more athletes because that's just how it is in the Bay Area. But um, I think Vintage can definitely keep it close. And then we talked about Vintage. It seems like they're the best team in Napa, no? Uh, yeah, that's the thing that uh, they always have been since we've started this league. They haven't lost a league game. So until they lose a league game, prove me otherwise. <laughs> And then, so what are some teams this year that you think could maybe challenge Vintage? I always look to American Canyon. Um, they, in the past years, have given Vintage a run, although last year was not close because, you know, last year was a weird year. But um, I expect them to come back when, with stronger this year. Um, and honestly, Napa. They may have lost some of their top talent, but big game is always something, as you've seen, that – you don't know how it's going to go and weird stuff happens. I mean, not, that was the game where Vintage had their closest game last year, albeit they won by 28, but still their closest game. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's about it. Casa, too. Casa Grande of Petaluma. The coaches over at Vintage have said that they're a program on the rise. And what is it about Casa Grande that they're saying this? Because I know I saw them earlier at a seven-on-seven tournament. It seems like quarterback athletes everything's really taking that next step again but what are local coaches saying about Casa Grande about how they're coming back coming back on the map and taking that next step like they've been in years past like we saw in the early 2010s it sounds like what's going on is they're getting a lot of good recruit is they're getting a lot of good classes over there and now they're putting the coaching with it they were just a young team last year kind of you know not ready for the first game of vintage I don't think anybody was ready for vintage last year quite honestly <laughs> But now give them a full season, a full preseason, and then, you know, time to get get acclimated and ready to face vintage. I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep that game close. I'm thinking 14 points is close, but you never know with high school football. Yeah, for sure. And then let's go back into kind of a year in review for, you know, we talked about football a little bit last year, but talk about how the basketball and baseball seasons went up there. Oh, yeah. Boy, that was a busy time of year. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, so bas I guess let's start off with the next re logical season, which is basketball. Um, basketball, very competitive. Although it was in April, in May, in June, times where you normally don't play basketball, yeah. there were still very competitive games. And um, you could just see that, A, the kids were happy to be out there playing, and, B, the games did not – did not um, lack any excitement because I did my top 10 games list and basketball is always in the top 10 games list every year, like the most. This year was no different, albeit in a short, weird spring COVID season. So basketball did not let up at all. And then as we go to baseball and softball, man, there were some great moments there too. Um, I saw Justin Siena, Nick Andrews. Um, he's a name you want to watch for in, for in baseball. He threw a complete game shutout against Napa. Um, and then uh, they also beat Napa in a thriller 6-5, to five, I believe, in the 4-5-4, one of those, in their first meeting. Both games were very close there. And then as far as um, softball, we're getting back on the vintage train here. They, they, were the, they were the class of Napa, you could say. They could have won the league, but um, a loss to Petaluma there at the end of the season – derailed their hopes of winning the league title. But they will return a lot of pitching this upcoming year, and I'd fully expect them to challenge for that league title. It was a fun season, though. Just a nice 
baseball and softball just made me feel so nice because that's my favorite sports. Outdoors, you know, just chill. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, as you get to that springtime, you're getting close to summer. There's something about baseball and softball that, I mean, I'm with you. It, it holds, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, so I'm right there with you. Something about the springtime. Nothing about grilling coach. Nothing better than grilling coaches on what? It, why did you do this too? When you've been a watcher <laughs> of the game for so many years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Who are some of the best? I know you mentioned Nick Andrews a little bit, but who are some of the other best athletes you saw in the sprint? And who are some sprint athletes and basketball athletes too that we should really expect to take that next step again this year? Ooh, in basketball, that's going to be a tough one because a lot of the talent graduated across the board. Um, so I'll get back to on, ba on basketball. But in baseball, I want to look at Dylan Snyder of Napa High. He's a catcher. He's catcher, pitcher. So I think he can play anywhere, honestly. If, if you tell him to play here, he's, will be, he's one of those guys who will play there. But I'd say he's a name to watch out for. He batted leadoff for Napa High last year as, like, the catcher, which I've never seen that before. Um, he's also got a good arm. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh, Nick Andrews we already hit on. Sam Gomez over at Vintage, he's he's supposed to be a good talent. Um, also a family friend of mine. Uh, they also returned Bowden Cook over there. He's another good defensive catcher. Um, I'm thinking he's a name you'll want to watch out for if you're watching any local baseball up here. And then on the softball side of things, you got Shelby Morse and Ramey Gansby. They're the two top pitchers for Vintage. Um at Napa High, they have Katie Newburn, who's going into her senior year, going to sign at UCLA in the fall, I believe. So she's something that I would definitely look out for, watch out for. She's been a stud every year. She hits home runs left and right. And if we go back to basketball, oh, Isabella Wright from Justin Siena. She is – she's their motor, you could say. They go as she goes. She's part of the reason why they had one of their most successful years in the V-Val this last year. Um, let's see, Vintage. Well, Vintage returns practically their whole team for on the girls' side of things. So I can't point – and they play team basketball, so I can't really point anybody out there because there's just such a good team thing there. Napa, they graduated a lot, and I honestly – I don't know who on Napa. <laughs> Boys' side of things, uh, well, I know Noah Cockrell had a good year last year for the Vintage Boys. One thing about the Vintage Boys, though, they're another team deal like their football team. They like to play – they will hound you on the defensive end, they will rebound, and then they will get out on the break on you. Um, they're coached by Ben Gongor. He's a good head coach. Does a very good job there. Um, and they just won their second straight league title. Uh, for Napa, who do they have come back? Should have thought about this. <laughs> but uh, I'll get back to them in a moment. Justin Siena, they have a few young guys. Let me look up their names right now. Uh, on Max Preps. Uh, they were very talented last year. Roster. Uh, okay, so... DJ Ryan, who was just a sophomore last season, was a stud. Good guard. Um, Travis Hightower, oh, my God, jumped out the out the building last year on dunks. He was incredible to watch. Such a fun show. 
uh, Jaden Washington, a freshman. They 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 have a young core of group guys. Um, and Vincent Jackson, Vince Jackson, a physical rebounding threat. He can really do it all. Um, I've counted many times where he's had a double double. So that if you have a double double, you're playing good ball. So those are just some of the names I'd look out for. Yeah, it seems like there's there's a good crop of talent uh, coming through Napa area right now. We got to see it a few times last year, um, and it's kind of exciting, you know, getting to this full season finally. You know, we're out of the shortened seasons and playing basketball, and you know, like you said, April, May, June, we're finally going to go back to you know a normal sense of a season here um, and playoffs as well. So, what are your expectations for playoffs for some of these sports as well, and who do you see going far? So I gotta think that vintage football is gonna go far in the playoffs. If assuming they get the right draw, if they win their league, if they go eight and one, eight and two, nine and one, I think they're gonna get a good seed. Granted, they're in with De La Salle, Pittsburgh, um, Antioch, <laughs> Clayton Valley. It's the meat grinder. They they may have to visit Clayton Valley as a nine and one team, but I think that that's a winnable game for them. Uh, I would think that they have a good shot at making the section semifinals. That's just my bet. Um, they're well coached every year. I think that they're just, that's one of the things that they can do. Um, Justin Sienna, don't ever count them out with football either. Uh, we, You guys actually broke the news to me yesterday about Caden Parlett. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's this? But um, yeah, they have a new quarterback this year, uh, but they really return more guys than people think. I was going through it yesterday. I'm like, oh, returner, 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 returner. Um, so in, in Division Six, I think that they could easily do that. Um, and then as far as basketball is concerned, I really don't think that we're going to have anybody go past the first round. We just never do. We're not a basketball area in that sense. like Because the two years that – so Napa made the section playoffs in the fall, in 2018-19, lost to James Logan the year James Logan went to state. Um, and then the year 2019-20, Vintage went, won the league, you know, their first league title. And then uh, in however long. And then they went to Washington High School, I believe it is, down there in Fremont. Yes. Yep. And they lost to them. And, yeah, so I don't think that we're going to – we'll get teams in, but I don't think they'll go very far. I could be wrong in that. I've been wrong before. But baseball and softball is where I really look. Like I said, vintage. If you have two solid pitchers for softball, you can go a long way. The last time they played in the playoffs was when they were freshmen, these pitchers. They are now seniors. I would fully expect them to have that experience because, you know, all the COVID and weird stuff that's going on. I would fully expect them to be back in the playoffs. Um. And the fact that they get a normal non-league schedule where they can play a competition like college, like, well, the league already helps, but I think that they played Newman. They may play Newman. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to spread anything that's not true, but, <laughs> but you know, they can play a tougher non-league schedule now be with the California Department of Public Health saying, okay, play outside your county. So... That's nice. Uh, and then baseball. Oh man, I really don't know. I'd have, I'd have to go. I'd have to go with vintage again, just because they're returning a lot of talent. 
not a lot of talent, but guys who have been there for years. Well, I guess garbage day. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, good. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I would say as far as that. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's all I got for that. Is there what's the excitement level just from coaches and kids to have this full fall season again? And is there any concern from coaches or anybody you like about maybe some canceled games, postponements because of what we've seen, especially I know we've seen a couple of the bigger games in Southern California get canceled or delayed. So just the other day when I, or a few weeks ago, when I went out to a seven on seven with vintage Marine Catholic and Justin Siena at Justin Siena, um, the coaches were definitely echoing some concerns about like, I hope they don't pause the season there. So it's still there. I hope it doesn't happen either for the kids sake, but the sports, I really feel like the outdoor sports are, have, have more of an advantage just in the fact that they're outdoors. The sport that I'm really concerned about is basketball. Like last year, American Canyon had to stop their whole season because of a COVID outbreak on in, for, with both teams. So I don't know. I hope that – I mean, there's obviously some sense of, yes, let's get this going. We get a full regular year, but you got to still – take care of yourself and be healthy and you, you know, so I, I mean, it's great to have everything back though from a selfish standpoint of covering it. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely, it's nice that, you know, we have all of this scheduled. Um, it's just a matter of making sure we do all the proper steps to continue to make sure we get through the full schedule. And I think I'm right on track with you. Outdoor sports, I think we're going to be okay. I think indoor sports, that's that's where I'm a little scared. You know, volleyball, basketball, um, you know, the indoor sports. I'm worried that, you know, a couple more games might get canceled in that area. Um, but I am optimistic that football, baseball, softball, all the outdoor sports will be uh, played through and through. What are so this? I'm going to throw a question at you guys right now. Yeah. Um, are you guys have do you guys have any plans currently to come to Napa? Yes, we do. We do. We're, we've got our kind of schedule laid out. I don't have the exact games and days in front of us, but we do have a kind of a schedule to go out there sometimes as well. Cool. Yeah. I'd look for, that's cool. Yeah, we're we definitely got to go see uh, a couple of the games in Napa, like Chris said. I don't know. We haven't fully mapped out everything yet. Um, hopefully that's something we'll be able to do here in the next week or so. But, yeah, we're definitely going to come out to Napa. I think both of us want to go out there and see a couple games this year. Yeah, I'll be – well, just let me know what games you're at. I'll probably be there too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, think, I think one thing we're going to replicate this year in some of these indoor sports like basketball is we remember sometimes the night before, all of a sudden we have this last-minute scheduling going for a game. Right, maybe early on in this season again, like we had that last minute scheduling for Piedmont against Dublin basketball, a top ten matchup, right? All of a sudden find out we got a Kansas, we got an opening. Let's do that. So I think again, maybe some of these indoor sports early on too. We're gonna have some of these kind of last second cancellations because of something. One team drops out, then all of a sudden you're kinda scrambling to find an opponent. But that was it, even though it was hectic at the same time, it was kind of fun to see some of the big time matchups come up at the last second. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> Last year was last spring was just crazy because as soon as football ended, it was like the first day, the next week, it was like softball, then basketball, two game, right on the same day. It was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, you're in the same boat as us. It was, you know, 
we went to you know a baseball game during the day and then went to a basketball game at night um it was just everything got so congested and thrown into the same season so the hectic like part about it it was, the hectic it was part about, yeah the hectic part about part about my battle on interrupting no you're um, good was like is this baseball game gonna end in time Yes. You know, the basketball game starts at seven o'clock. I still have to do interviews with the coaches of both teams and a player, and then go to basketball. That was the stress of it all. It's like, can we start this baseball game at like three <laughs> thirty? Yeah, it, it it got a little stressful, and not gonna lie, sometimes maybe one last interview to make sure we got to the other game just in time. Luckily for most of my games, like it was a five minute drive at the most, but you know, still a little hectic. Yeah, and it was weird. So like Justin Cena was playing Napa in baseball at Napa baseball field, and then later on they would play. It was Justin at Napa girls basketball on the same day. I was like, "What is this?" And I went to Napa, and I'm like, "This the, these facilities are nowhere near each other." So it's like, I mean, it's a short, it's a two minute drive, but it's like, come on, why does it have to be like this? As opposed to Justin Cena, where the when the first thing happened, it was like, "Oh, cool, I just walked right across the way." Yeah, so, but I mean, with all that said, I it almost made it even that much more fun uh, covering all these things because I don't know, just just the excitement. And what one thing you mentioned earlier too was how all these kids seem to just appreciate having or being able to go out there and play again. Um, it seems like I hope that's something that continues into this season, into the seasons uh, after beyond this one. Because the appreciation of these kids being able to go out and play the sport that they love, that they grew up playing, you know, for years and years, uh, I hope that continues. Yeah, the kids, I mean, they were put through the ringer last year, man. They really were. I couldn't imagine being in high school and going through what they went through. But, um, yeah, I hope that it continues. I'm sure that now with full preparation, the games will, will get even better. Yeah. And playoffs, I've never been happier to have playoffs back. We kind of hit on this earlier. But uh, just the playoff competition, it's like, okay, we worked all this way. The selection shows, like when you get selection shows with the NCS, it's like it feels like March Madness on yeah. Selection Sunday. Yeah. It's so it's such a great day. Yeah. It, it, all, the, all the excitement, all the things that, you know, we got to miss or that we missed last year, we get all those things back. Um, I'm excited for playoffs. I'm obviously very much on record that Pittsburgh is going to go do something very special this year. Um, so I am hoping that comes to fruition and we get Continue to play the hot takes, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> Greg's got the hot there. I'm all on the pit train, but there's still De La Salle. Exactly, exactly. And like Vintage has been like, we want to meet De La Salle, but it's like, do you really? Do you really? That- there's, there's only, you know, seems like a couple teams every decade that has a chance to beat them. Um, and I think that there's maybe even two teams this year that has a chance. Yeah, and Dallas Hall's playing no, no slouch schedule either. They got Clayton Valley at the end. Yeah, and they got that team from Baltimore coming in this year as well, uh, which is going to be also an insane game. Yeah, there's no uh, easy schedule for them either. Well, I think De La Salle's Northern California winning streak is older than me. so uh, It's older than a lot of people. <laughs> that's why that's why I can't pick them to lose to a Northern California team because it hasn't happened in, what, almost 30 years. 
That's buddy. crazy, man. That is really crazy. I it's mean, like yeah. in the Olympics with our women's basketball team winning seven straight gold medals. Like, it just doesn't happen. You, they you know what's crazier, though, is De La Salle's winning streak is longer than the U.S. women's basketball streak. Still. You're right. That I is mean, crazy. It, it's insane, but at some point, there has to be a loss, right? At some we, point. I mean, people have been saying that for years. Ever since we were born, people have been talking about De La Salle losing, and it hasn't happened. Even yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to have the perfect storm. De La Salle's got to have injuries. Play their gotta, worst game. De La Salle's got to play its worst game of all time, pretty much. And teams have had their shot, and they still haven't done it. I know, like Folsom for years when Folsom was at their peak, I was like, oh, this team can beat De La Salle. And it's like, nope, they're still going to lose by 21 at the very least. Yeah, when Jake Browning, when Jake Browning was there his junior year too, I know senior Folsom went to state. They didn't have De La Salle on their way, but junior year they played De La Salle in the Northern California Championship game. People are coming and saying, hey, Folsom can do this. They've got Jake Browning, this perfect passing attack, De La Salle throttled them. Yeah, and that was the year – so. In my high school years, Napa High was in vintage. We're in the sack walking section. So um, we were quite accustomed to read about the stuff because I checked in on what's going on up north, you know, just to because Sacramento is a hub for high school sports, obviously. But um, yeah, it, that was the year where it's like Folsom can beat them. And I watched that game. I'm like, oh my God, they did. <laughs> it was just mass destruction, really. Yeah, so crazy. one of the main reasons I think Pitt has such a great chance this year is you look at that non-league schedule, they're going to be tested so much. They're going to be in tough, tight games all year long. I mean, they have Sarah week one. I mean, obviously, that's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. They're going to be tested so much that if they get a chance to play them at any point in the playoffs, they're battle-tested and ready for that sort of game. Is that Sarah game on a Friday or Saturday? That Friday. is a Friday. Same day as Vintage San Ramon. Dang. Yeah, I know, right? That whole opening. You guys are going to be busy with that. Week one is absolutely insane. With, with what other top games are there? Now I'm just curious. There's <laughs> Liberty plays Bishop O'Dowd week one on a Friday night, too. There's just a lot of good ones. Let me actually pull up the schedule for everybody now because it's. That week one schedule was absolutely low. Yeah, enlighten me. Sorry, I should know this, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. We can go through some predictions here too. Yeah, you've got you've got good ones because you've got James Logan plays Cal. You've got Los Cotos Oak Grove. You've got Milpita Samuel Valley. El Cerrito plays Marine Catholic. Palma against Midi. You've got Santa Monica Valley against Vintage, like we mentioned. That Saturday, there's Sacred Heart Prep versus Sacred Heart Cathedral. There's just wow. Ton- and tons of good games on the slate for that week one. Wow, no no rest for the weary there. Yeah. No. All right. And we'll we'll start off with some predictions. Kyle, I mean, if you just want to start off with, you know, one of your home teams, Vintage versus SRV. I'm actually going to SRV's practice tonight. Um, you know, Yeah, so I'm going to Vintage's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, perfect. You know, what's your prediction on, on who's going to end up winning that one? I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think the people in Napa are going to hate me. Um mm. I think that uh, Vintage is going to lose a tough one, either a four- or three-point game. I think that's going to be the margin, either 21-17 or 14-10 or 21-20. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be within one possession. 
but I think the SRV prevails in the end. Yeah, um, I'm going to with you on that. I think SRV wins it 31-20. I know we talk about Vintage's attack <laughs> up front, but Santa Modale's got an offensive line that's just stacked because you've got Jackson Brown, 20-plus offers. you got Master PR coming back. you got the quarterback, Quigley. So Darian Nardi, you got great receivers with Ridley and Padrid. Then you've got tight ends. I know they lose J.P. Murphy, but who's up? you got a three-star in Tyler Hoffman. Then there's also another 2023 kid coming in. Riley Gann was at IMG Academy last That's year. That's right. I had heard about that. Yep. Yeah, he's – Anner Salisbury is back from modern day after a year. He's a three-star linebacker. Heard about that? <laughs> Yeah, he was a really good receiver at Santa Monica Valley before he moved, and he's been best friends with Jack Quigley forever. So there's just so much with Santa Monica Valley that I, I can't pick against them. And right now, Santa Monica Valley is my pick to win that league. That's a good league down there, too. Yeah. I, I bet. I mean, we've had discussions on that's probably maybe the best league in all the Bay Area. It's between that and the WCAL. Um, yep. But I mean, I, I don't like agreeing with people. You know, when it comes to predictions, I like going my own way, but <laughs> I'm all in on the Jack Quigley train this year. I think Quigley's going to have a monster year, um, and I'm right there with you guys. I think San Ramon Valley is going to take that one. You just look at the talent that Chris mentioned. Everywhere on the field, they got some highest-profile college prospects over there. I mean, so. we talked but the biggest thing that we need to talk about more is that offensive line, like I mentioned, with Jackson Brown, yep. Matt Shapiro, a great time. Well, I mean, the thing about Vintage, though, and let me just point out Vintage, they have Louis Canepa, Preston Golem, and Dylan Smith all coming back on the offensive side of the ball. They're not going to be a pushover for SRV. I just want to put that and make yeah, that clear. No. And those names, too. Like, we've done Preston Golem. I know Louis Canepa, right? He's got some offers. He's a big Division One prospect, too. I just think Santa like with the athletes, couple with the line is going to be the difference in that one. And Titan Bradley, people may not know much about him, but watch that kid. He's going to be something there. He's with what they do with the triple option and stuff. He he's got a good arm to pass the ball when they need to, and he's athletic enough to where he can make things happen. Yeah, I like this seven on sevens, and even after tough plays, he wasn't getting his head down. He was still a leader out there. I think that was the biggest thing about that kid too was. His poise is really good. I think he's one of those more underrated quarterback prospects in this region. Let's go through uh, – oh, sorry, Kyle. Let's just go through a couple more games here as well. Obviously, a big one in week one is Pitt, Sarah. Kyle, we already kind of predicted this one just a little bit. What do you think, though? I am going to go with uh, – I think I'm actually going to go against you guys. I'm going to go with Sarah. I'm I'm with you too. I'm going Sarah as well. I feel like I'm the lone rider here on this <laughs> bandwagon. I hope Pitt's got these classes, but so does Sarah, man. You, I mean, Dominic Lampkin's back, Hassan Mahasan's back. They got these 2023 and 2024 kids coming up too. Sarah's, Sarah's just a top-notch program, man. I can't. I mean, I know Pitt is. I'm not saying Pitt isn't, but I have a hard time going against them. They're always in Northern California bowl games. Pitt hasn't been there yet from, from what I've seen, you know, just because De La Salle. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I, yeah, mean, Pitt's got, I mean, you've got Gal, you've got those great coaches. They went to play for a state title a few years ago. I mean, you've got Jaden Rashad, Rashid Williams is back healthy. Patrick Walsh so, is back, I assume, right? Yes, Patrick Walsh is back. It's great guy right there. Yes, he's 
Patrick Wallace is one of the best guys in the business. Pitt's going to make it really close. I think Pitt's a team that against that schedule can go. I think Pitt's going to go eight and two against that schedule, and that's not anything bad. Eight and two, nine and one against that schedule is ridiculous. They'll be the two seed. They'll be the yes. two seed. That's what they'll They're, be. <laughs> Um. Yeah. What's the next game up? The next game. What was it? Liberty O down. Is that also? Ooh. Ooh. I like Liberty. Really. Really. I. I. I like. I think we haven't really <laughs> talked about this one yet. Um. Not even off air. Uh. I really like O down. I mean, uh, Perry won Coach of the Year last year. They have a ton of great young talent coming up. Um. They had a great season last year and was really just one play away from being undefeated uh, after just losing Sierra Mon Valley. But it's hard to pick against Liberty and Nate over there. I know, Chris, you were just there last night. But I'm, I'm going to go with O'Dowd. I, I love O'Dowd. Their defense is fantastic. They find ways to win games. Matt White's back at running back. He's do it all a great receiver too. They've got also they got some young guys, Keon Lyle, Daniel Harper, Makari Kenyon, 2024-2025 kids at that receiver that are phenomenal. But I think Liberty is just gonna pull this one on. Nate Bell, I'm I'm on the Nate Bell hype train, man. Five foot nine quarterback. He can run, he can throw. He made a play against Heritage last year was just stupid. I felt like I was watching Tyler <laughs> just make this stupid play where he weaved his way through five different defenders, cut through the, I, I I can't describe that. I gotta find that video again and retweet that thing. But I'm on the Liberty I'm, had one heck of a heck of a year last year. That league is incredible. It's gotten so much better too. It really the last five, ten years. Yeah. yeah. Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah you had Najee but Joe Mixon, you had Ronnie Rivers, all those running backs in a few years stretch alone. That's just I don't know what people are feeding the kids in that league, but <laughs> then you've got now you've got Devon Rivers, right? You've got Heritage's next great running back coming through there too, and Liberty's got a good running back. Pitt's going to have another one. Like, what's Enyok going to be like? It's it's going to be tough. They lost some top kids. They lost Jalen Weaver. They lost Cameron Wright. They lost some leaders. I think Antioch, they're going to make it tough on teams, but I think just that league with Liberty and Heritage and Pittsburgh right now, it's tough to go and beat some of those top dogs. Nothing wrong with a top heavy league. Yeah, I, I mean, especially when those are your three top-heavy teams. I, all three of those teams are are going to be really, really good this year, without a doubt. And then we had one more game, Chris. What was the last big week one game that you wanted to go over? Right now, let's do James Logan against Cal. Ooh, I'm going to go Logan. I, You know, I saw both of them play last year. And Cal played some amazing games, and what every single game was basically one possession. It seemed like, and I think after watching both of them last year, I haven't seen either one this year. I know we're both going to end up going to those practices before the year starts. I'm going to have Cal just edge. Uh, yeah, yeah. James Logan's good. Marcus Sanders is a phenomenal, smart talk quarterback. Khalid Robinson's a great transfer from Antique at wide receiver. But Cal just brings back so much. Teddy Boris is a really smart quarterback. I love their head coach, Sandy Alcogno. They used to be so run-heavy, eye formation. He comes in, makes it spread, throw it 50, 60 times a game. He's got a good quarterback. Jake Alcogno's back at receiver. They've got a really good offensive line, too. I think Cal's going to win that game. And 
it's going to be close. I think it's going to be another one possession game there. Well, so the most recent time I saw James Logan was in the fall of 2018 when Vintage won their first playoff game in 32 years. Um, and then they proceeded to beat Antioch the next week. And then they waited to meet SRV after fires. But um, but uh, that James Logan team, man, they were talented that year. And that's really all I have to go off of. So yeah. <laughs> and I've never right. seen Cal High. And I know that James Logan is the biggest school in the North Coast section. Yeah, I mean, both both of them are they're very talented this year. Um, all four games that we put up there are honestly coin tosses this year. Um, and that's what's going to make this week one, because no one knows. There's no previous games to go off of. That's what's going to make this week one matchup so exciting, because no one, you know, all these kind of predictions are almost just kind of flip a coin and guess. What do you guys know? So I want to pick you guys' brain on one of the teams. St. Mary's of Berkeley. What do you know about them? So they've got a really good athlete. You've got Julian Womack coming back. I know he's a three-star prospect. He's a, he's a big-time recruit there. They've got Javid Best as the new head coach. They're not, I know the numbers there aren't big in terms of roster size. Last year, too, though, of course, it was just a lot of families were concerned about COVID. They've got some athletes. It's just the, it's the numbers game is tough for St. Mary's, but they I know Connor Banks did a really good job there as head coach. David Best will do a good job, but I think the name to watch for is Julian Womack on the outside. Gotcha, because yeah. they are coming to Justin Siena the week on September 10th, I want to say. Or that, that's somewhere around there. That's a good matchup. I like that. And then, um, well, I've got you get Dayonza. What do you know about them? They visit Napa week one, week zero. That's one of the more improved programs. Pinole Valley coaching staff. They some of Pinole Valley's top players moved to Dayonza too, and who already had some recruits like Chakala Warden. I will say Dayonza's cornerbacks and receivers are some of the best in the game because Anthony Freeman's a three star. He's got a D one offer from Sac State. Moves over to Dayonza. He can do it all. Devon Gordon is over there, too. He's a two-star prospect. Maurice Savage, another two-star prospect, moves over to Deanza. So I think Deanza's going to be one of the more improved programs in the Bay Area this season. So it's not going to be an easy game for Napa right out of the gate. No, it's not. No, everyone's Deanza's coaching staff, too. They've got some really good young coaches on that staff. Great skills position coach is a good head coach, too. And now that they've added some even more athletes to an already talented roster, Deanza is one of the more up-and-coming sports schools, I think. In the East Bay, and then um, while we get while we're on the topic of vintage, uh, let's talk about El Cerrito. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. they face vintage the week after they face Marine Catholic, I believe, on week zero, right? Yeah, that's a tough one. They the Cole White gra- graduated. He was a fantastic player, but Robert Freeman's a, his career alone had sixteen touchdowns on offense, eight picks. The not great junior. He's not big, but he's. Athletic. He's got a negative offer. Warren Smith comes back. El Cerrito's secondary is ridiculous. I think that's the thing. El Cerrito's secondary, their quarterback play is getting better with Jace Taylor, too. And their coaching staff, Jake Rincon, is a fantastic. I think El Cerrito's a team that you're definitely not going to want to look past. They're coming to Memorial Stadium the second week of the year, so September the 4th or third, something like that. And that's a game that I'm going to be at, of course, because that's a game that I have circled. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And then, of course, we have vintage Cardinal Newman. I'm just running through there. I'm just trying to get your guys' minds thoughts on this stuff for my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, uh, go ahead, Chris. This is, okay. I feel like you're good. Yeah, so Cardinal Newman, I mean, you've got the new head coach, but everybody likes him a lot because you had Cronin there for years, right? He's over at Windsor now. I think the big thing about Cardinal Newman, though, is that they, they like this new coach. I know he has not a lot of time to implement it too, right? Because the last season ended late. And then and if you're a new head coach this year, you've only got, what, two or three months to really implement things. And last year too, it was weird because you had extra time, but you were doing it on Zoom. So it's a tough situation for him. But I think as the year goes on, Cardinal Newman's going to get really good. If you face Cardinal Newman after week five or six, I think is when it's going to get really dangerous. But they've still got kids. I know you lose Zion not only, but there's a lot of other kids. They're high in their quarterback they're high on some of these other they're high on some of their linemen too so i think cardinal newman especially as the year goes on they might struggle out of the gates a little bit but i've the culture there everyone loves their new head coach and i think if you have to face cardinal newman at the later the year goes on the tougher it's going to get their top program in the north bay for a reason yeah um, yeah and then vintage ends their regular their preseason matchups with oakland high school i don't really know much about them i don't know what to expect I really am just asking you guys for anything. To... <laughs> yeah, I think that's Oakland's. It's tough for Oakland High right now, especially after this last year. I think the better Oakland programs, their McClymans, as we all know, Mac is just Bishop O'Dowd. O'Dowd, you've got Fremont High School in Oakland's really taking that next step too. They've got just that their receiving core and the running back. They got a young quarterback at Fremont, twenty twenty two through twenty twenty five classes is. These Clyde, they've got a lot of recruits, kids that are going to play at the next level. And then Skyline, too. I know Joe Bates isn't the head coach anymore, but the way he revitalized that program, those are probably the top programs in Oakland. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for all this knowledge. <laughs> of course. So we're yeah. taking over your show to ask you guys questions, but hey. No, no, it, it's all good. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to just share knowledge and go back and forth between, you know, what everyone knows and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's good. Good. Good conversation. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think before we wrap this up, though, Kyle, we got to ask you a couple of these fun questions we ask everybody. Your first one, your favorite home cooked meal. Ooh, my favorite home cooked meal. I like making myself a burger. Honestly, that's my favorite thing. One of my favorite foods. You can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. You, you can't. just can't. Yeah, you really can't. Right. But what's the side? Is it French fries, tater tots? French fries, yes. Okay. Air fried yeah. French fries. All right. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong. That's the you know the American classic, burger and fries. And then the next one is who's your favorite athlete right now, and who was your favorite athlete growing up? So my favorite athlete growing up was John Boyett, who played up at Oregon, um, from my town anyway. Growing up, it was probably Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the reason I like the Giants. Um, but in my town, I'd say it's John Boyett because he played at Oregon. Um, and my favorite athlete right now, this is going to sound a little weird, but Brock Bowers. <laughs> he, okay. he, I mean, yeah, I, that's really not that weird. No. I mean, he's, he's a guy who I'm going to try to watch every Georgia game just because of him. Like, <laughs> and the yeah. fact that I've interviewed him, it's just so cool. You know, that's so cool to me. Yeah. And no, that's, I mean, 
I uh, was hoping to get to see him last year, and obviously, you know, for many reasons, he decided not to play last year. Um, but man, it's exciting to go see him go off to Georgia, and you know, we had him ranked number one in the preseason rankings. Uh, you know, as far as top forty-five goes. So, I mean, there's no no way that's a weird answer because it's an exciting story, and I think everyone's rooting for him. And then, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah. How long until Brock Bowers is in the NFL? I think he's so good academically that he's going to be there for maybe four years because he is he's ultra-talented, yes, but I would hope that he also wants to go get his degree. I don't know. He's super talented, though, and he's in the right program to get to the NFL. Yes, he really is. Kirby yeah. Smart just half that they're going to get next level. They're going to win at least 10 games, and they're going to get you to the league. And college game day will be at the Clemson-Georgia game week one. That's I can't wait for that game. Now, who do you think wins that before we go? Clemson or Georgia? Oh, the bias in me wants to say Georgia, but I can't go against, uh, against Dabo. Yeah, Clemson's going to win that, I think, too. Yep. Dabo and, and plus they've got that uh, that quarterback from St. John Bosco or Modern Day, one of them, right? Uh, DJ Uyangalele. Yes, I am going to flex. I can't say his name. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say, Chris, go ahead and flex and, and uh, say his name real quick. But I agree with you guys. Clemson's yeah. going to win that one. Yeah, that that's going to be a good one. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for college football season before everything changes and everybody's in the SEC within the next <laughs> four or five years the way it seems because now Alabama's there, Texas is there. How long till Clemson and Florida State are there? Might that might be soon too? Who, who just really everybody knows? east of Texas is is suddenly in the SEC? Basically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that's the way it's looking. But thank you so much to Kyle Foster for coming on from Napa Sports News. Kyle, where can everybody find your work? Uh, NapaSportsNews.com. Um, it's free to look up and read my stuff. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Napa Kyle. Instagram, Kyle Foster Media. You can also follow Napa Sports News at Napa Sports News on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I'm sure you guys are on that TikTok game too. Uh, (laughs) YouTube. Um, I think that's about it. Perfect. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. That'll wrap up the 91st ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. We're only nine away from 100. That's going to be coming up here really soon, leading up into the fall season. Follow all of our work. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow all of our work on social media at West Coast Preps underscore. Follow all of our content at westcoastprep.com.